Hello and welcome to In My Shoes. It's a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we are facing on a daily basis. I am your host, Karen Davis-Thompson, and my guest today is an old friend that we went to high school together, y'all. I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was, um, but wanted to catch up with her today as May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we're going to have a little discussion about that today. So, Samicia, go ahead and tell our audience a little bit about yourself. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Karen, for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Um, So my name is Samicia Bagley. I am a native of Tampa, Florida. And as Karen mentioned, we went to high school together. Um, I am currently a communications and outreach manager and um, have been working in the communications space for several years now. Um, Yeah, and I'm just happy to be here. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And so Samicia has been brave enough today to discuss a topic that um, I think a lot of us uh, deal with. And um, as you know, I'm an advocate of people of color being able to speak their truth, especially in the mental health space. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So uh, Samicia, um, you and I had a conversation and I asked if you would be willing to be a guest and you were gracious enough to agree to that. And I know this is your first time really talking about it publicly. But you suffer with depression. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And tell me when you first realized that that was something that um, was an issue for you, that you felt um, you were suffering with depression. Um, Probably in my early 20s is when I really um, realized that I was having issues with depression. Um, And then especially after I had my daughter, I had some postpartum depression. But... Um, what it helped me to realize is that actually when I looked back at things, I had been dealing with depression even before that, um, in middle school, high school, college, I had been really dealing with depression. Um, but actually recognizing it and seeing what I could do to help myself happened more in my early twenties. And what were the signs that you noticed? I know you talked about having some postpartum with your daughter, which um, I know is more common than people realize. But when did you, what was happening in your life? What were you feeling that you thought, you know, this is more than just, you know, feeling a little out of sorts or just being a little uh, down in the dumps? Um, Just feeling particularly sad about um, my life. Um sleeping a lot um, because I just didn't want to deal with uh, day-to-day activities, um, having a hard time getting out of bed, um, and isolating myself a lot um, and just not really wanting to deal with people um, or things. A lot of that were triggers and sign- or signs for me to know that, yeah, I'm going through a depression and how do I get myself up out of it? And when you realized it, what was it that you decided to do? What have you found over the years has been most helpful for you when you're in that space? Um, In the past, truthfully, I just went through the motions with it. I didn't really try to find things to help me. I would just take um, large amounts of time of just sleeping a lot. Um, But as I got older and really wanted to help myself to not um, remain in that space, or to fall into that space of depression. I started doing meditation, um, yoga, journaling. Um, Those type of things helped me a lot. I wasn't really open to talking to many people about it. Um, And we could probably get into that of why. 
but I did a lot of more of self-help type of things, um, exercising um, to try to help myself to get motivated to just do everyday life things. And what have you found has been the most beneficial for you in terms of, I know you mentioned several different things that you tried, and then I would love to get into why you didn't want to talk about it at first, but what has been the most beneficial for you Have you, that you found? Um, meditation and um, now opening up a little bit about it is even more helpful. So just doing this alone, this um, this interview with you alone is helpful for me as well. And I'm hoping that it'll help others. Um, in, in regards to why I didn't really want to talk to anyone about it, um, for as long as I can remember, I've always um, been in situations where I was in a leadership role or um, just very active um, in the community and a go-to person for a lot of my friends um, and just people who may have looked up to me for whatever I may have been doing at the time. So I was a sense of strength and someone that other people could come to. Um, and although I was going through a lot of times of dealing with depression, it was just hard for me to show that weakness, is, which is what I felt it was at the time. Um, and just to be vulnerable enough to open myself up to other people's um, to allow them to see that I was having those type of struggles was was difficult for me. And do you think that it was it cultural or was it more just because you didn't want people to to think that you um, were weak in any way? Did you find that um, I know what we have found as I've been talking to people who are struggling with mental health issues, don't really want to talk about it in uh, communities of color. It isn't something that we discuss on a regular basis. Have you found that to be true as well? Yes, I've definitely found it to be true. But in my case, it wasn't necessarily cultural. It was just more of me um, and my pride and um, just not feeling like I wanted to burden other people um, with what I was going through. Um, just being very prideful and in in private, and um, just not really wanting to open up, um, and that may still have some inkling of just the cultural space that we are in um, as African Americans, because although we are talking about it a lot more and becoming more open and helping each other as a community to be able to have safe spaces to talk about it, um, I still feel that we have some ways to go. Um, to get past a lot of the stigma that is around um, being able to even admit that you're having some issues um, that may be affecting your mental well-being. And have you found that once you opened up, it, it wasn't as bad as you thought? Or what was it like the first time you confided in someone and said, hey, I've been suffering on and off with depression? What was that like? So when I really, when I first really started to try to open up about it, I was going through a breakdown. So it was a time of just, I'm, I'm at my wit's end, I'm, I'm hitting rock bottom and I'm having a breakdown. And so my first initial experience with opening up to people was not good because they didn't know how to deal with it. Here's the person of strength that they feel that they uh, admire or look up to 
and that they can come to um, to talk about their issues. Um, and she gave great advice, but oh my gosh, she's like falling apart. And a lot of people didn't know how to deal with this. So there was more silence um, than help for me, which caused me to kind of go back into a shell and not really want to talk about it as much anymore. And don't get me wrong, over time, I found um, there were people in my life that really cared, but still, when sometimes when you're going through a, a crisis or a breakdown, the need to be able to talk about it is great sometimes, and it's lengthy, which means that it can be over time that you are still trying to get through whatever you're struggling with, and you really don't know how, and no matter what advice the person feels that they're giving you is still not helping you to get to the place of comfort and recovery that you need to get to. And so in that, um, people want to get on with their lives and, and they feel frustrated or again, they feel shocked that it's you that's going through it. So they don't know how to help you. So my initial experiences weren't so great, but now, and even after I, um, became a mental health first aid trainer, that helped me a lot. Um, to be able to talk about it and to cope with it. But now I'm to a point where I'm still a bit private about it. Um, I am still very selective of who I talk to about it, but I am less worried about how they're going to react or deal with it and more focused on the fact that um, I have a need and because they're willing to be there for me, I talk, I talk to them about it. And a lot of times if I'm struggling with something that may be a trigger that has put me in a place where I feel like I'm about to go into a depression, now if I'm able to just kind of talk about it or meditate on it, I can quickly get myself up out of that mode. It's not always that way, but for the most part over the past few years, it's been really good for me. And tell me a little bit about what triggers you um, and, and send you into a depression. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, typically, my birthday will um, trigger me to go into a depression. Just thinking about, um, very critical and hard on myself. So I'm always thinking about things that I wish I had already accomplished in life. Um, and so around my birthday time, it's just really, I struggle with uh, depression during that time. Just feeling like there's so much more that I have to accomplish or that I did not accomplish. Um, and then some holidays um, trigger it for me. Um, and I think I think that's typically a trigger for a lot of people. Um, Father's Day is a trigger for me, believe it or not. Um, my father was not in me and my sister's lives for um, most of our lives. And so um, Father's Day is a huge trigger for me. And now that he passed away, um, it's even more of a trigger for me now. So I have to be very careful during that time. Um, but those are some of the biggest triggers for me now. And when you know, like Father's Day is, you know, coming up, obviously, when you know that there's possibly going to be something that comes up that could be a trigger, what types of things do you try to do to get ahead of it? Are there things that you can do to get ahead of that? Yeah. Um, like I said, meditation, journaling is key for me. And, um, just purposely and intentionally having a positive outlook on that day and celebrating what I can about that day. So I have a great stepdad who stepped up in my life. And so celebrating him for Father's Day is, is helpful. 
um, because now I'm looking at the positives and what I what um, was great about that in my life. Um, and then for my birthday, I'm I'm up and down with that. My friends and my family don't know what to do with me when it comes to my birthday because I'm going back and forth with them on what I want to do. Um, them just saying, hey, we're just going to do this is the most helpful thing <laughs> for me when it comes to my birthday um, because I will shut down and literally isolate myself around that time. Gotcha. So what, so is it, so you're saying it's better if they just say to you, girl, for your birthday, we're going to dinner and we're going to the movies. And that's yes. just what we're doing. Okay. Yes. And they're forcing me to leave the house so we can do it. Yes. That's, that's better than anything. Cause if they start asking me, well, do, what do you want to do? I start shutting down. It's like, I don't know. Cause right now all I'm thinking about is what I haven't accomplished yet. I know that um, there are lots of schools of thoughts as it relates to alternative uh, measures to deal with depression or mental health issues, medication, et cetera. Did you ever think that you wanted to go the medication route? Were you always against that or have, have you explored that? I'm just always interested because there's so many different thought processes, processes and schools of thought around medication when it comes to mental health. You know, initially I was against it. Um, and that's just from a stigma perspective, the thoughts of, um, you having to be on medication for some, you know, mental illness or some mental issue. Um, there was just a lot of stigma around that. And so I, and I'm against, um, having to medicate if there are natural remedies anyway. So I was against it. Um, it's interesting though, because one of my physicians, actually my OBGYN, um, she recognized that I was going through depression, a, a depression when I would come into her office. Um, what I love about her is she took the time to actually talk to her patients um, versus just getting on with the business of what we were there for. And so she initially had prescribed me some medication um, because she wanted to help me, although I wasn't open to admitting that I was going through depression. She still knew. Um so she had initially prescribed me some medication at one point, but I started getting, I started feeling some adverse reactions from it. So I stopped, um, but I only took it for like a month and I haven't ever um, been on any type of medication since. Um, but I won't, I feel like for different people, different methods work. And so I am not against medication. I feel like if medication is what's needed in order for you to live a normal and healthy and happy life, then by all means, that's what you should do. Um, I'm just not really susceptible to feeling like that's what I need. And because I have used other alternatives in order for me to um, move past whatever depressive feelings I'm having, um, I feel like that works for me. And you mentioned earlier that you are now a mental health trainer. Is that correct? Yes, I have a mental health first aid certification. Okay, tell us a little bit about that. So with the mental health first aid, um, it's through the um, National Council for Behavioral Health. And um, it's based on um, what's called ALGE, um, which is an acronym that um, gives you different steps to take if you recognize someone has signs and symptoms of depression. 
And um, it's a certification that lasts for about three years um, and anyone can train for it. Um, and the goal is to have as many people trained as possible so that they can, so that we can collectively as a community help each other through any type of mental health issues or crises. Um, we don't diagnose it, but if we recognize any signs and symptoms, there are steps that we can take um, in order for us to help um, a person seek help or to get immediate assistance or um, just guide them to different resources that they could utilize in order for them to get help. And how did you get involved in that? Was it something that you just felt um, you wanted to do because of your own uh, situation? Or how did you get involved in becoming a trainer? Um, no, actually, it was through my job. It was something that I did not even expect to um, to do through um, my job. But um, it ended up being a blessing for me that I have been involved with it because I was going through a crossroads of um, feelings that I had in regards to my father, who um, was diagnosed uh, with schizophrenia and um, passed away in 2017. Um, so it ended up, it was almost like it was something that I did not seek. I didn't know anything about until I started working for um, the organization that I work for now. And um, through that, um, I was able to get involved with it. And to me, it was like one of the best things that I've done and it allows me to help others. And, and how, myself, sorry. Okay. That's okay. I was just about to ask. So what was it about the training that you thought, um, was it an aha moment for you or was it just helping you to be able to see the signs when you're having um, about with depression or what was it, what was the part of the training that you think was most beneficial just even for you? Um, just the practical um, solutions and practical ways that you can approach someone if you feel that you see signs and symptoms. Um, the level of caring that the um, that the training um, emphasizes um, for your fellow man, for the community. Um, I think the biggest aha moments for me were um, recognizing that there were some solutions. Um, and some resources that I was already utilizing that actually was working for me in my personal life. But then also just recognizing that at any given point, at any given time, anyone could end up being in a situation where they're dealing with some sort of anxiety, depression, or any other type of mental um, illness that they may need help with. And being able to have some sort of compassion and sympathy for people overall um, so that you can be helpful to them was the biggest um, takeaway that I took from, from the training. In addition to learning, you know, learning about the different types of mental illnesses, because um, it goes into detail about the, many, the different types of mental illnesses, but it, it then it focuses a lot on depression and um, and um, anxiety, um, and just different tools and ways that you can help someone if you find that they are having a crisis. You talked a little bit earlier about, um, you know, that you're selective about who you share the information with. And I know in the beginning you said it was hard, but have you ever confided in someone? I talked to someone um, a few weeks back 
and she was just talking about how it has impacted her relationships, whether romantically or with friends. So let's start just, is there, has you, have you ever confided in somebody who perhaps the reaction you got was not what you expected? Um, yes. Most of, most of the people that I've confided in initially, it wasn't what I expected or what I hoped for. I think it was what I expected because that's why I was so hesitant about confiding before, which was kind of like the standoff, standoffishness. Um, now they don't know how to talk to me that I, now they don't know what to do, um, versus, um, so it was kind of what I expected. And because I got what I expected, I was kind of disappointed because then I felt alone. But over time, um, it got better. Um, and again, because now this is a major topic of discussion within many different communities, people are more open to um, listening and trying to be helpful. Um, so yeah, initially for me, like I said, it just wasn't, it wasn't good. It actually sent me deeper into depression because I felt alone. Um, and you know, I've, a lot of people ask me, have I ever considered, um, talking to a therapist? I have, um, considered it. I haven't actually moved forward with it. I have a couple of friends that are therapists who, of course they can't, um, professionally advise me or go into any type of sessions with me because they know me personally. Um, and they've made some recommendations to me of different therapists to, um, contact. I haven't actually went that route yet. I've considered it. Um, I think that if I get to a point, um, where I'm struggling again, um, I, I'm definitely going to go that route. Um, but right now just being able to talk to friends and family, that I have now and um, being able to meditate and journal and different things like that. It's very helpful. And have you ever uh, worried about or had an issue with talking about it in a romantic relationship at all? Has that ever come up? Um, I haven't talked about it in a romantic relationship um, when I think about it. I haven't had like the actual discussion of I am depressed. And I mean, I have a really good, one of my best friends happens to be male um, and I can talk to him about anything, no matter what I'm going through. But as far as in a relationship, no, um, I haven't. Yeah. And did it, were you afraid to, or just never was something that came up or why do you think that is? Um, in some cases, they may have been the trigger for causing me to go into the depression. Um, so I didn't want to talk to them about it. That was just my thought process at the time. Um, but I've been single for several years now. So it just it hasn't come up now that I'm at a new stage in my life where I'm willing to talk about it. Um, but back then, nine times out of 10, they were a part of the trigger for my depression. So they weren't really who I would want to talk to about it at the time. And I, and I am the type of person when I'm going through struggles um, or different things like that, I kind of shut down. I shut, I shut off the world. And so if you are a trigger, you're one of the first people that gets shut out for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you said earlier, and, and I have noticed it too, that there seems to be more discussion, especially, um, just in general and in communities of color where we are beginning to be more open about talking about 
uh, mental health and the importance of mental health. Why do you think now it's becoming more uh, acceptable to talk about? You know, I'm very excited about the fact that we are talking about it more. Um, I'm very excited about um, the education and the awareness that's happening. Um, But I do feel that initially, um, it's almost like um, how we go through different topics and they end up becoming something major will happen and then it ends up becoming a it's almost like a fad. This is the thing to talk about. This is the topic that we should all be talking about. Um, and in this case, I'm okay with that because um, I feel like we are helping people. Um, and I, I always didn't, you know, I never understood why this was just something that, especially as a Black community, that we just did not have discussions about it. And if we were talking about it, we were calling the person crazy or psycho and, you know, just a lot of the stigma um, behind it um, just prevented us from really having talk about it. And I mean, having good conversations about it. And then a lot of people not really wanting to be labeled to have issues, but truth be told, if you're human and you're living in this world, everybody's going to have some sort of issue that they're going to deal with that's going to cause them some level of anxiety, um, no matter what your socioeconomic background is, um, some level of depression. Um, people are not just happy all the time. Um, I think a lot of times we put on the facade that we are. Um, and I think we should be okay with being able to be ourselves even in times when we're not happy. Um People just, people want to see just the good things in life, the, you know, what's going well, what's going good. And so it's almost like when they talk about what you see on social media is what people want you to see versus what's really going on in their lives. Um, so I don't, I don't know what, I can't really, really, I can't really recall what was the big push that got us here. But I am so excited and happy that we are here. And I'm so excited and happy that even I am okay with having this conversation now and letting other people hear it um, and hopefully be of help to someone else. Thank you for that. I think you are very brave to have this discussion. It can be scary. You know, I have a a child who suffers with it and just even talking about that uh, was difficult. Um, Saying that she had a mental illness, that there was a mental health condition was hard uh, just because you do worry about how it will be Uh, perceived and what people are going to say. And you mentioned that, you know, a lot of times we start talking about things just because of what's going on in society. It's like the topic of the moment. Do you fear that at some point we won't continue to have these discussions? Or do you think now that the cover is off of this and people are uh, more uh, apt to talk about it, to seek help, that this is a trend that will continue? Or are you afraid that this will kind of fizzle out like a lot of fads have, you know, they kind of have their moment and then they're done? I think it's a trend that's going to continue. I think that um, how we communicate um, will evolve. Um, I think that the mental health first aid training that is happening is a good tool. Um, But I also feel like it eventually um, it will saturate into communities where there are so many people that have it um, that we need to start looking at, okay, um, once we recognize signs and symptoms, 
Um, we help to provide resources. We know that if they are not susceptible to the help that we just try to check on them and come back. But I think even especially with this COVID-19 stuff, we're really going to have to look hard at post-COVID and how we're helping each other through that from a mental wellness perspective. Um, so I don't think it's going going away any going away anytime soon. And I actually think that they'll there will be better policies to address it. Um, and more people um would buy in to ensure that people are getting the help that they need. And have you seen any areas where you think we have room to improve as it relates to uh, either our discussions with mental health or with the um, the things that we provide for those who need assistance? What areas do you think we still need some work on? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I'm not really sure, but I think that one of the things that I think that when we talk about um, mental health and mental wellness, um, sometimes we get stuck in a certain um, pocket of it because there's many different things that you can talk about as it relates to it, whether it's um, children that are having um, mental health issues or if it's more so adults or if it's more so someone that's having a severe you know, mental breakdown. Um, what I would like to see though is that we start talking a lot more or correlating a lot more into um, what we intake as far as our foods and our drinks and different things like that and how that can also impact um, your mental um, capacity, your mental your mental illness or your mental wellness. Um, we're in an era where a lot of our food is um, GMO. Um, and so I feel like a lot of that can also have an impact on our moods, um, how we interact. Um, and I think that we need to place a more emphasis on healthy living, healthy eating, um, as it correlates to our mental wellness. And have you um, studied that a lot? Like what, what foods have you found are better for you? Which ones are ones that you might need to stay away from? Have you discovered any of that in your own a quest for better mental wellness? Um, not necessarily, but I do take a lot of time in trying to eat healthier, um, to eat clean, um, to eat fruits and vegetables, um, anything that's like um, green, um, and to try to stay away from processed and GMO type foods. Um, but I haven't really done any type of extensive studying and research um, to relate it to mental wellness, but I think that's something I should be doing. <laughs> well, I do think that um, obviously part of, you know, having a great mental wellness is your physical health as well. And so um, I know there's been a lot of talk about what these processed foods and all of these, uh, you know, ingredients and preservatives in food are doing just to us physically. And then, of course, that can affect how you feel emotionally. I was just curious to see if you had found if there are any triggers for you, but um, trying to eat clean and eating better definitely, I think, has a side effect for your mental health because obviously it means you'll feel better physically. Uh, so I could see where the two are related. 
Um, you talked about your hope that um, talking about this uh, will be uh, better for some, make it better for somebody else. What are you hoping somebody listening to this who maybe is where you were and they're still a little ashamed or afraid to talk about it? What would you say to them and what are you hoping they'll get out of hearing your story today? Um, two things. I want initially for people to just be more compassionate um, to people in general. Um you just never know what someone is going through, um, whether that's to be more kind or more understanding. Um, and then the other thing is just for people who are struggling to be more willing to open up and talk about it um, or to be more willing to open up and seek help um, and to get past any of the stigma that they feel may come with identifying themselves with having some sort of mental crisis or um, some sort of mental issue. Um, that's what I would really like to see come out of it. It's just that we continue to talk about it more. We seek help, whatever help that may be, whether it's a therapist or whether it's medication, whether it's meditation, um, however it is just so that we can cope and be, you know, healthier and happy in life. And if people want to take the uh, mental health first aid course, could they just go to the National Council? What was the name of the site? Mention it again for me. Where are you? The National Council Council of Behavioral Health. Health. Yes. And before um, COVID-19 hit, um, we had some training scheduled um, for free that you could take um, with the mental health first aid training. And now... um, National Council for Behavioral Health um, has some online components now um, that are rolling out as well. So um, if anyone is interested in taking a training, they can reach out to us at um, www.safeandsound.org to find out when our next training will be. We've had to make some adjustments. We do have a training schedule for June, but depending on um, whether or not some of the CDC regulations are lifted for the number of people that can be in one space, we may have to adjust the June training, but we have one scheduled for July as well. Um, But again, that website's www.safeandandsoundhillsboro.org. Okay, and I'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Um, I think I signed up for one of the, the sessions. I'll have to see uh, my confirmation, which date. It's definitely something I'm interested in, and I want people to be able to do that. So if people are listening who are not from our area, I'll also put the National Council for Behavioral Health um, website so perhaps they can see if there's training in their area. Actually, I'm sorry. For If they want to find out if there's any trainings in any other areas, they should go to mentalhealthfirstaid.org mentalhealthfirstaid.org. So it's better there than the National Council. Okay. So I'll put, uh, for local people, I'll put that Hillsborough email address and then mentalhealthfirstaid.org. Yes. I'll I'll put that down as well in the show notes for people who are not uh, from our area so that they can uh, take advantage of that. Again, I just wanted to thank you and congratulate you. This was a brave thing for you to do. I know you were a little nervous, but you handled it beautifully. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be my guest today. If you have anything you want to hear us talk about here on In My Shoes, as always, you can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that is kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. That is all the time we have to spend together today. So until next time, 
Be blessed.